Happy New Year. I, I don't know about you, I've almost forgotten that. <laughs> I rolled into Sunday and I didn't realize, you know, it's just the 2nd of January. We are in 2022. In a couple of weeks, I'll have to write a check or something or write that down and then I'll write 2021. Um, but I'd like you to turn today to two books, Mark chapter 1 and John chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and John chapter 1. While you're turning there, I just want to give a shout out to Bishop and First Lady. They are getting much needed time with their children. Um, they are now down in St. Louis. so um, and They will be back this, uh, this coming Wednesday and this next weekend. Um, Mark chapter 1, and starting at verse 16, it says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, this is your church, this is your people. Lord, help us to hear you. God, anoint our hearts. We want to be changed. We want to know what it is that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you today about becoming. Becoming. And uh, I play around with the title sometimes, and I'll be like, becoming the church, or um, I've called you to become. And, uh, but I just want to talk to you about becoming. Becoming. And when we're in the book of Mark here, um, Jesus, sometimes when you go through a verse, you can just highlight things that stand out to you, but Jesus is beginning his ministry. He's beginning his ministry, and he is going to go about the business of, um, let's say, being a master. You know Elijah and Elisha? When Elijah laid the mantle on Elisha, and Elisha pursued after him, Elisha made the decision that I'm giving up my ties to my family. I'm giving up um, the inheritance that I would have here. I'm giving all that up. I'm pursuing after you. You're going to be my teacher. You're going to be the one that I follow. You're, you're going to be the one that I study. I'm going to be your disciple. Now, we didn't see it back in the Old Testament. We didn't see Elisha say, I'm your disciple, Elijah. But he made up his mind, and Elijah's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm following you. I'm following you. I'm following after you. So when Jesus came along and he decided he was going to take on the responsibility of having some disciples. Now, I know there was a lot of followers of Jesus, but he called 12 people distinctly that he, you could say, laid his mantle on. Or he went out and he specifically said to them, follow me. And when he asked them to follow him, and they made a decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. They were making a decision that said, the things that I have to leave, I'm going to leave. Anything that I need to give up here in order to go about the business of following Jesus, I need to do. And so you go through a verse here, and you, there's some things that will jump out at you. And, um, and one of them is forsook and followed. And, and so I highlighted those. The first thing that jumped out at me is that when Jesus found these men that he was asking to follow him, 
specifically, right, um, specifically Simon and Andrew or Peter, when he came to them, they were working. When he came to the sons of Zebedee, they were working. They were about their business. Now, I know last week we talked a little bit about people who were in the marketplace and they were working, looking for work. Um, and I suppose you could say, refer to these guys as well, that they were saying, hey, I want to be about some business. But I do find it interesting that God will find people and call people who are already busy. People who are putting their hands to some work. Has anybody ever felt like that you were already super busy and someone comes along and says, hey, can you do this for me? I, they say that 10% of the people seem to do just about everything. Now, I'm not saying like in your company that everybody isn't working their job, but when there's extra stuff to do, the paint-a-thon, throw on the Christmas party, do the fundraiser, the angel tree, any of that, there's like this 10% group there that, that uh, um, seems to do all the work. They say that's the same way in church ministry too. I've noticed around here that I see a lot more people volunteering and being involved in one way or another than 10%, but... Um, that's typical. You'll see that. And it doesn't really matter if you're in a church environment, um, the, uh, uh, your kids are in scouts, or you're in a work environment. You see a certain group of people that, that seem to jump out. They're always super busy, and they're super busy, and yet they're asked, can you do more? But there's something also to be said about that with regards to Jesus. Because he comes looking, and he's looking for, for people who, who are, would be willing to put their hands to the plow. And what you're going to find is people that are willing to work will also be willing to work in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus took what they were working on and he changed what they were working on. And that's fitting for us today. Because there's some things that you're involved in in your life and when you make a commitment to God, you can't do both things. I got married in 2009 and... Uh, um, when I got married, I got a house, <laughs> and I became a dad, and I had now two cars that we worried about instead of my one car and my apartment, and, and I had more bills, and I, you know what else I couldn't do? When I was a single guy, I didn't have to pay attention to my checking account or my savings account at all. I didn't have to worry about it, but when I got married, I had to change some things, because I had made a commitment to my wife. I could no longer be like, well, this is just what I'm going to do this evening. Or, you know what, I'm just going to throw the clothes out in the middle of the living room. Or, I'm going to go out and hang out with the guys. No, there's some things that had to change in my life because I had taken on a new commitment. Um, for some folks, and I'll see it and it didn't affect me as badly, but they'll be like, hey, Thursday and Tuesday nights I hang out with the guys. And... and and the, the spouse is like, well, wait a second, you know, what about us? And then a child comes along, and, and a friend of mine a while back, he said, I, I was going to go down to the College World Series, and I was going to go uh, golfing this weekend, and I was going to, and finally my wife, she's holding our newborn, and she's like, I don't think you can do all of those things. Why? Because he had a commitment now that was to a wife and to a child. And when you make new commitments in life, there's things that have to change. Now, Peter didn't give up his wife when he made a commitment to Jesus Christ. But he could not be out in a boat fishing and out there fishing for men at the same time. 
Those two things weren't going to work together for the journey that Jesus had called him on. And we'll see then at the end of Jesus' time on this earth that Peter, after Jesus had been crucified and rose again, headed back to fishing, him and the other disciples. And they're in the boat and Jesus shows up on the shore and he calls them in. He tells them, first off, he tells them, cast your nets to the other side. And when they catch all these fish another time, they're like, hold on, this, is, this has got to be Jesus on the shore. I, I've experienced this moment before. And Peter threw himself in the water and he, he came to the, um, the fire there that Jesus had and, and he sat there with Jesus and Jesus began to ask him, do you love me, Peter? And in asking him, do you love me, he was putting him back on track for the calling he had in his life. And he was saying, Peter, I need you to feed my sheep. I need you to work people. I know that you know how to work fish. I know that you're a hard worker, Peter. I know that you can get other guys into the boat, Peter. But what I need you to do is to go places that you can't go if you stay committed to fishing. You can't do that. But they were about business before Jesus called them. I like that Jesus used the phrase, I will make you fishers of men. Because Jesus took a, a trait they already had where they would put out those nets and, and they would gather in and they would gather in lots of fish if it were possible. And they would work hard all through the night and in through the darkness. They would put in that effort. And Jesus was saying, you know what, that hard work and that effort you're willing to put in, and that effort you're willing to put in when you can't seem to catch anything, oh, that effort that you're willing to put in when I tell you, go back out and cast again on the other side, Peter, I'm now going to use that, not to scoop in fish, but you're going to go out, and you're not going to gather in just one person. You're not going to gather in just two people. I'm going to send you to preach on the day of Pentecost. There's going to be another um, 3,000 souls that are added. You're going to go out to Cornelius' house. You're going to spread this gospel around the world. Peter, I've called you to do something great. Jesus called them to gather in people. And he took characteristics and traits that had expressed themselves in their business. And he brought it into the kingdom of God. I made reference to it last week when we talked about our theme this year, all are called, that you have characteristics and traits. Some of it is tenacity. Some of it's a, 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 in a good sense, I know rebellion and stubbornness is as a sin of witchcraft, but in a good sense, a, a stubbornness that says, I'm going to hang in here tight. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to hold on. I, I, I've committed to the mission. Some of you have that, those, those sorts of traits. Some of you have accounting abilities. Some of you have organizational traits. You, you have uh, uh, um, tr abilities where you find yourself caring for people, maybe in the medical field. God wants to take those traits and have you care for people in the spiritual field. He wants to take those traits and have you organize things for His kingdom. He wants to take your, your tenacity that you have and your stick to it and have you press through problem areas and to work through the night and to go back out and work again when it seems like nothing is working out. God wants to use those traits that you see show up in your business over here, and He wants to use it in the business for the kingdom of God. That's something else I like. The Bible's pretty good about this. 
Um, he says right here, Jesus said, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become... Let's see. Um, it says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew's brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And I like that right there, because the Bible just simply says what we already know. They were casting their net into the sea, for they were fishers. Okay, that's kind of obvious. You could say, so Lucas was working on an engineering project because he was an engineer. Or, um, I don't know, uh, uh, Jeremy was working on nursing patients back to health because he was a nurse. Or, the mechanic was fixing the tractor because he was a mechanic. They were fishing for fish because they were fishers. I highlighted that little spot because sometimes some of you are trying to do things other than what you're called to be. It seems so plain and obvious. They were fishing because they were fishers. Adventures and Odyssey were put on by Focus on the Family. I used to listen to it religiously as a kid. They had a, a, a show called The Body, and they had John Lafitte and something heady head, and, and they had Mr. Hands, and uh, I've seen some head nods. Do you know this story? And, and John Lafitte always wanted to be the one that talked and the one that made the decisions, and John Lafitte was tired of carrying the body wherever it needed to go. And so he was part of this group called The Body, and he's like, I... I I don't want, I'm tired of carrying you to where you need to go. I want to be the spotter. I want to see the need. I don't want to just carry us to the need. I want to be the one that hands over the product. I don't want to just carry the body to the product. I want to be the one that makes the determination of where we need to go. And when John Lafitte gave up and decided he was going to start his own group, and, and the body disintegrated. He returned one day and he came back and he's like, what happened to the group? Where did you guys all go? And they're like, when you left, feet, this thing couldn't function like it was supposed to. We needed you to do what you were called to be. God has put callings in your life. You don't need to get yourself all fretted up and looking the other direction, always looking over the fence to say, hey, I, I, I think I would like that better over there. Instead, say, okay, God, I see what you've given me. I see the abilities you've put in my life, and I just want to thank you for them. Help me to be the best fisher that you've called me to be. Wherever it is that God's placed you, be there. See those things. If you're looking to say, God, is there some other traits in my life? Begin to ask him. Show me, Lord. Give me understanding. You know where it might come out at? It might come out that your boss sits down to do your appraisal and points out some strengths in your life. A coworker might mention to you, hey, you know, I noticed this about you. You might find yourself, um, I'm, I'm preaching today here, obviously, uh, but in school I would find myself, classmates would say, we'd join a team, and they would say, hey, you got to go and teach the class part of this thing. you gotta, you got to lead this up. And at times I was like, I don't want to be doing that. What, why, why are they pushing me in to do this? Don't they know I'm nervous in front of people? Little did I know that God was pushing me into places. And my classmates and my coworkers were saying, hey, I need you to give the presentation. I need you to be in this spot where we have to stand up in front of people. I mean, literally, growing up when I had to get up in front of people, I was like this. My paper shook in front of me. My hands would shake. 
Uh, um, in high school, my classmate would say, hey, if you could lower your hands down a little bit more, uh, I don't think we would notice as bad you're shaking. But God kept pushing me through other people in my life to be in spots where I had to speak in front of folks, preparing me for today. And so you might find things in your life that you don't really think you like doing. Or you find that you think, I'm really nervous in that area. But yet, folks are finding you. They're pressing you into situations. And, and you're starting to shine and to lead people. Don't be afraid to be what God's called you to be. Don't be afraid. Be a fisher if God's called you to be a fisher. And He'll redirect you to how to work that in the kingdom. But what's the next thing that I said I highlighted here? I highlighted where Jesus called them. And it says, And straightway they forsook their nets and followed Him. I know we touched on this just a little bit at the start. But hear me today. When you're going to make up your mind to live for God, there are some things. you cannot. Your, your life only can hold so much. You only have 24 hours in the day. You can only be in one place at one time. These are all obvious statements today. I think I'm just preaching the obvious. So you're going to have to forsake some things if you're going to be where you need to be in the kingdom of God. Now that clearly starts out with sin. I mean, you can't be over here sinning and living righteously. You, you can't be doing drugs and be drug free. You, you, you can't be um, watching a bunch of garbage on TV or surfing a bunch of garbage on the internet and have a pure mind. It just it doesn't work that way. You, you can't be a peacemaker and creating trouble and stirring up fights. That, that doesn't happen. You, so clearly you have to give up sin to live for God. That's part of the plan of salvation. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. We got, we got to give up sin. So we forsake sin. But many of you have found that you had groups that you hung out with. You weren't sinning necessarily when you were with those people. But the environment wasn't so great. The, the language and the things they did wasn't so great. The places that they went, your Holy, the Holy Spirit in you said, I can't do that anymore. I don't want to be here today. What are you, what are you bringing me into this mess for? And... and you found that when they said, hey, buddy, you know, Isaac, I'll pick on you for a second. All your friends are like, hey, let's go do this thing, whatever this is today. And they want to go hang out at the bar. And you're like, well, I, I, I live for Jesus now. I, I don't know if you ever drink, but I can't drink anymore. And, and, and they would be compelling you to do that. And, and, and you're, the Holy Spirit in you is saying, hey, we can't hang out in these places. We have to forsake this. They're going to continue living the way they want to live. And it is an ungodly lifestyle. And you cannot partake in that. So forsook is easy when we see that. It's a little bit harder when we relate it back to the marriage example. Hanging out with your friends on Thursday night. Well, doing that once in a while, that's not a bad thing. Right? Catching back up with the guys. But if you're truly going to be married and be a father... You can't consume all your time over here with your friends and your hobbies. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. You can't say, God, I'm going to go wherever you want me to go when I'm done with my movie series. 
and when I'm finished reading all the books of this series, and when I'm done playing golf over here for six days this week, and, and, and you, God, God isn't saying, hey, you can't have some relaxation time. But if you're going to be committed to His kingdom, you can only spend, you can only do one thing at a time. And you can't say, I'm committed to you, Jesus, and yet fill your life with all the things over here that don't allow you to do the work that He's called you to do. Now, I am not asking all of you in here today to put yourself 100% of the time just out there. Um, let's say you were called to knock on doors, and so you ate, and you slept, and you knocked on doors, and that, that was what you were... Um, God was compelling you to, to reach the lost. I'm not asking you to spend all your time, 100% of the time at the church. Um, it's okay to have a hobby. It's okay to take a break. But don't let the, your life become imbalanced where you're over here doing all of this instead of trying to do what God has called you to do. You're going to have to forsake some things. The disciples couldn't give... If they were going to be in the fishing business... That took commitment. That was an everyday thing. That was many hours in the day. And when they were done there, then they would have to, to get back to business of mending the nets, of preparing the boat. And Jesus said, no, I need you to be traveling city to city. I need you to be going person to person. That business is not going to work out anymore. And so you have to forsake and you have to follow. Forsake and follow. Oh, don't be afraid to forsake and follow. Don't be afraid to go ahead and throw yourself into the business of the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about if you're just like, you're, you're, you're the church treasurer and, and you're taking care of the bills in the back room there. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about giving yourself to a life of prayer. I'm talking about studying the Word. I'm talking about sharing the Gospel with others. I'm talking about loving on people and showing Jesus to them. Don't be afraid to give yourself into the work and the kingdom of God. Don't be afraid to be a disciple maker. You will find that you're more satisfied and complete and you'll have joy when you're willing to be exactly where God has called you to be. I've seen the, the preachers that maybe had a great big church and they handed that church over to the next generation. But then God called them and compelled them to go to, a, it, it was either a small community within that city or maybe even a, a, um, a town off the way. And you find them in a living room teaching a Bible study. Why? Because God said to that preacher, they might have been old in age, you know what, I need you right now to be over here one-on-one -on -one, teaching an individual. I need you to build in my kingdom over here. Yes, yes, I know you built a great big church. I know that you handed the keys over and the reins over to someone else. Yeah, I asked you to do that. But I'm not through with you yet. I have you over here. That reminds me of Philip from the book of Acts. What happened to Philip? He was preaching great revival in Samaria. He's preaching away. People are hungry. And the apostles come and the Holy Spirit's being poured out. And God calls him and says, I need you to visit one. And was the Ethiopian eunuch. I need you to visit one. And Philip was at his best place in his happiness when he was in the desert visiting one. 
Oh, church, if we could get our, a hold of the fact that it doesn't really matter how big the mission looks or how small the mission looks. God, wherever it is you need me in the kingdom, that's where I want to be. Wherever you want to put my hands to work, that's where I want to work. Could we go ahead and just lift our hands up to the Lord and tell Him we're committing our life to Him? Jesus, I want to be where it is that You want me to be. Oh God, I won't be happy or satisfied until I'm working just the way You want me to work. Oh God, till I'm working just where You want me to work at. Till I'm in that place in a relationship with You for how You want it to be. Help me to see that, oh God. Oh, help me to see and to know, Lord, I'm committing my life to You. Hallelujah. Forsake and follow. Forsake and follow. This forsake and follow, it was an immediate action. It was something they immediately put themselves into. When God calls you, sometimes the mercy of God, He comes back and He knocks another time. And another time. And another time. Sometimes He's like that voice with Samuel and, and you hear the voice and you wonder what it was and you hear it again and you wonder what it was. And then, then the man of God in your life says, hey, next time you answer, thy servant hears. Yes, Lord. Sometimes it's like that. But when you understand that God's calling you and, and, and is whispering into your life, I urge you today, respond immediately to the call. I can't tell you if God will finally decide to go on to the next door and knock on it. I, I can't tell you if He'll move on or if He'll come back another time. But don't wait because the Creator of the universe, the One who loves you and died for you on Calvary, the One who put on humanity and suffered for you, the One who saved your soul is whispering and knocking. So forsake and follow whatever it is that you need to leave behind. If it's sin, leave sin. If it's weights, leave weights. If it's a previous calling to enter into the next dimension that He has for you, don't be afraid to move on in God. Oh, you know what? Your previous calling and your blessing that you were in, it will become your bondage if God now calls you to go forward and to move on. Why? Because when God moves here, that means His blessing and His promise and His working is no longer working back here where you're at. So you're standing here and God's moved to here. The children of Israel had this in the desert. When the, cloud, uh, the pillar of fire or the cloud would move, they were to get their tents and move. You know why you wanted to move? God was their provision. He was the blanket that kept them covered from the heat during the day. He was their warmth at night. He was their manna that fell from heaven, their food. He sustained them. And so when, they, when the cloud moved, if you wanted to still have food, and you still wanted to have shelter, and you still wanted to have the warmth that you needed, and you wanted to have the direction in your life, you needed to get up and move because the blessing was moving forward. So when God calls you into a new work, go ahead and follow it. Stay with the blessing. Stay with the move of God. Forsake and follow. Forsake and follow. And so now that brings me 
to the title of the message. Because Jesus said, come ye after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. We've highlighted that you have abilities and traits that you can use in the kingdom of God, but you've wondered, how can I possibly do that? Where does this fit for me? How am I going to do this? I I look at jobs out there, and I now if anybody was listening from my job, I have not been applying any other place. I don't have my resume out there. But I look at jobs out there, advertisements, and I I read them, and I'll think, well, man, can can I do that? Wouldn't I need a long training period for that? And and, and I'll I'll think, I'm not quite capable of doing that. But then we interview folks, and we bring them into our, our group, and and we hire them, and, and we look at their resume, and, and I realize, well, you know what, I'm, I'm looking at some basic characteristics. I'm willing to train and to teach you. I know that when we hire you, you're, you're not going to hit the ground running right away. That's a very rare trait to have. And we, we have to bring you in and um, get you acclimated to the organization and the way of doing business. I've, I've seen people go from being an engineer to a project manager and and there's a training process and a period they have to go through to, to learn how to do things. So when they get signed up for the job or they get hired in to be the project manager, they're not always being asked to, to hey, I need you to know how to do this from day one. So on their cube, there might be the label that says project manager. But the person in the cube is like, I don't know how to be a project manager yet. But somebody looked at their life and said, I know that you can become a project manager. And that's the thing that I want to highlight to you at the end of today's message. And that is that Jesus, when He called them from the fishes to the people, didn't expect them to be the greatest evangelist, preacher, apostle, or pastor in the world. He didn't expect them to be able to do that job from day one. But instead, He said, I will make you to become. I will make you to become fishers of men. That word, it means properly to emerge, become, transitioning from one point to another. It literally means become. That's the the definition from the dictionary. To become. It's not what you currently are. It's what you're going to be. You see, we we tell you, Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You think that you had to stop sinning and become righteous in order to be filled with His Spirit, but you couldn't do that. You had to come with your sin and then He made you righteous. And you become more and more like Him every day. And In the book of John chapter 1, it says in verse 11, He came unto His own and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Now I know that when you repented of your sins and you were baptized in Jesus' name, that in that moment you were birthed into the kingdom of God and you became a child of God. But just like Liam, Finn, London, Emery, Avery, they're growing. They're not ready to be out on their own yet. 
they're not ready to run companies and organizations and have their own families. And, and, and No. My boys, they're growing. They're becoming young men. They're becoming men of God. Our, our, my, my girls, they're becoming young ladies of God. We don't hold them to standards that we hold ourselves to. Sometimes we get mad at them and, <laughs> and we hold them. My wife smiled over there. She might be remembering sometimes I got mad at them. Um, when I'm like, I told you to do this. You know, your parents out there, do you sometimes wonder like when the brain will start to hear? I do. Of course, maybe, you, maybe God wonders when my brain will start to hear. <laughs> you know, why? Because we, have, we try to have patience with our children. We're bringing them along. When they cry as a child, when they cry when they're older, we're like, are you hurt? Are you throwing a fit? What's going on here? When they're little, we're like, okay, does the diaper need changed? Are they hungry? What's the problem? There is zero expectation when they're just born, when they're one month old, that they're being a brat. We don't think of them that way. We think of them as, hey, they need a lot of nurturing and help. They're no less my child when they're one month old or when they're in the womb than when they're 25 years old. But that doesn't mean that they can do everything when they're one year old, that they can do when they're 25. They're far from it. They're becoming who they are designed to be. And that is the same way with you. So I want you to be excited about what God has called you into in His kingdom. You don't need to say, well, I don't know how to do this. And I'm the worst at my job ever. No, God has called you and you're becoming more like Him. He's making you into what you're supposed to be. And you know, a little secret here. You may think you've mastered the job. And yet, just like anything else in life, there's always another spot where you can learn and grow. That's why you need to daily be in the Word. You need to daily dig it out and, and study it. You need to daily pray. You can't let those good ingredients in your life uh, um, go away because God is calling you deeper and deeper. Have any of you ever also found that things that you were okay with doing a year ago, suddenly God's like, yeah, we can't really do that anymore. You're becoming. Things that you thought, I don't need to do that at all. He's like, yeah, you kind of do need to do that. You're becoming. When you look back and you think, man, that used to take me 10 hours to do that task. I uh, reupholstered some chairs the other day. That first chair, <laughs> it was hours. It was hours. Then I did the next seven. By the time I got to the last one, I don't know, maybe you'll come over and not like the quality. Everyone else was asleep, and I'm like, I'm so done with this chair. But I had mastered some tasks and traits. I had gone through some processes, and when I looked back at it, I said, you know, I could have done that better or that better. But I had become something I wasn't before. Now, don't, please don't ask me to come over and do your chairs. I'm not, that's not my calling or my mission. But I became better at something than I was before. And things went a lot quicker. That's how it is in your life. And when God has called you into His kingdom, it's a process. And you're becoming more and more like Him. Oh, we've just got a few minutes left here. But I just want to highlight some other becomings. Um, we read here in the book of John... Uh, the book of John um, we read, He gave power to become the sons of God. 
God will give you power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know, Church of Omaha, there is a city to reach. And you're going to look back one day. And you're going to see this one saved. And that one saved. And not just one and one and one. But you're going to see groups like a net of fishes. And what's going to happen is you're going to realize that the Church of Omaha as a group became... When God built this as a church, it's not an overnight process. But we are becoming what God has envisioned for this city, for this land here, for the city of Omaha. We're becoming the church. That does not mean you're no less the church today than you'll be tomorrow. But as He builds us and as He does a work in us, we're going to become more and more like He wants us to be. Hallelujah. We will receive power. Power. We'll see the, the strength and the ability to do what it is that He needs us to do. Hallelujah. In the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that. We talk about that. The last thing I want to bring out to you is that be done, that word right there, that be, is a becoming word. It's the same root word as you shall become fishers of men. And so, in your struggle and in your life, I know sometimes it, this, the whole obvious thing, the theme today of obvious, but don't be weary in well-doing because we're praying that your kingdom be done in earth, be done in earth, be done in my situation as it is in heaven. Oh, when you pray that and you call on God and you place Him in the situation, I want you to go ahead and have faith that it's going to happen. Why? Because it just needs to become. Oh, you may not see it yet. You may see a whole lot of carnality going on. You may see a whole lot of earth in the situation. But you're placing God into it. And He's growing and He's blossoming in your, in your moment and in your situation. And it may happen quickly or it may take some time. But have faith in God that He's going to go ahead and do what you've asked Him to do. That your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That it would be come. Hallelujah. Could we go ahead and stand to our feet? So I just want you to be encouraged in 2022 under this theme that all are called that you are going to become what it is God has called you to be. So if you could just close your eyes and lift your face towards heaven and just be patient with Jesus and with yourself and say, Lord, I want to become what you want me to be. God, this is a becoming church. Lord, we're on a, a trip. It's not about the destination, but it's about the journey. God, we'll never be through. When we reach what we think that is the destination, God, you have another place for us to go. But God, I just want to become what it is that you have called me to be. I want to become more and more holy every day. I want to become a, a greater man of prayer every day. I want to become more learned in Your Word daily, O oh God. I, I want to become, O oh God, that, that person made in Your image, that, that, that reacher for souls and that worker in Your kingdom. I want to become that fisher of men. 
Oh God, I want to become what You've called me to be. Jesus, as You've called this church, Lord, let them hear Your call and receive that strength and that, that patience, oh Lord, that You're becoming, oh God, what You've um, intended to be in their lives. So we ask You to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come back in here and be ready at a 1120 and God bless you and Happy New Year.